clients are the same in that they say, I'm tired of doing this by myself. I need help. We do an assessment. We figure out where their numbers are right now. And then we set goals and then we figure out how to get there. Welcome to the My Future Business Show, where we get you in front of your best audience and keep you there. Not only are we interviewing the biggest names in business to help you become even more successful, we're inviting you to book your spot on the show to help you grow your business. So at the end of the call, make sure you fill in the interview application form at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the show. This is the My Future Business Show, where we get you in front of your best audience and keep you there. My name's Rick Nusky. I'm your host. I'm also the luckiest person on the planet, I would have to say, because I'm on the line with the wonderful Christina Gamache. Welcome to the show, Christina. Hey, thanks so much for having me on, Rick. I'm a huge fan, and I'm just thrilled with the work that you're doing with this podcast. I really appreciate that. Thank you so very much. It always makes a bit of a difference for me knowing that it's making a difference for you. So thank you again for that. Now, you and I, uh, we're going to be talking a, a lot about various different topics, but uh, you're an author, you're a keynote speaker, you're a fractional CFO, a financial planner, wealth advisor, and you're also the founder of Audax Wealth Management. You and I are going to spend some time talking about business and personal financial planning and investment management strategy. So there's certainly a lot to unpack in the time that we have available to us. So um, let's start from the start. Where are you calling in from today? Oh, yeah, I am in Anchorage, Alaska today. So it's a beautiful, sunny day, I think in the 70s, maybe. Wow. Um, yeah, I've been here about seven years total. Right. Haven't, I wasn't born and raised here, but we just love it so much. It's a, a very special place. What do you love about it most? Do you do, do you have any hobbies? You like walking, you have pets, all that sort of thing? Yeah, yeah. Well, unless you count my kids and my husband as a, a pet. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, we love hiking. You know, I just say being around the mountains and the water, that's kind of my happy place and, and what fills my bucket. And, you know, why not live where you vacation, right? Absolutely. So, yeah. so do you get much time to do things of your own, like, uh, you know, pastime? Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Um, my day job is being the owner of Audax Wealth Management. My night job is shuttling the kids around. <laughs> so, um, you know, we we do get out in the summer. Summers are really busy. Um, as they say in Alaska, if you are not tired by the time the winter comes, then you didn't do summer. Yeah, right. you didn't do it properly. <laughs> <laughs> What's, what do you think would uh, be a landmark that people would be familiar with in your location? Landmark? Somewhere gosh, special um, that most people would know. That most people would know down here. I mean, there's, you know, the Captain Cook Hotel downtown. That's a really old hotel. Beautiful. Maybe not my favorite one to stay at, but <laughs> um, a lot of people know that one. Um, as far as landmark, it's land. I yes. mean, we've got the mountains yes. here, right? Um, people go down to Seward. They go up to Denali mm -hmm. National Park. So a lot of landmarks. <laughs> there's, there's not one particular place. Now tell me a little bit about um, your, do you enjoy movies? Do you enjoy going out? Are you a bit of a foodie? Tell us a little bit about that side of your life. Oh yeah, yes. I mean, I do like spicy foods. Oh, very good. Um, yeah, so I, I, I like it where I'm crying and sweating. Oh yes, me too. <laughs> <all the> <laughs> so I do like spicy food. Um, and yeah, movies are good. They 
they keep us busy in the winter time when oh, yeah. it's too cold for me to go out. I'm kind of a fair weather everything. I'll mm -hmm. go out in the rain, but I won't enjoy it. You know, I'll go out in uh, negative temperatures, but I won't really enjoy it. So, um, yeah, mostly just hiking, uh, fishing. Yes, beautiful. A lot of salmon fishing. Um, just went last weekend and only, unfortunately, got four salmon, which oh. I was very upset about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Next time you have to pick up your game. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, uh, I, I love talking about the people behind the businesses because we know, I guess, from a fundamental level that the businesses don't change, but the people do. So I really do appreciate you opening up and sharing a little bit about uh, your story with us. Now, speaking of stories, I was looking through your Instagram feed. There's so much to, to take in there. I absolutely love looking through that. Do you do you enjoy Instagram? Do you, do you, do you still use it a lot? I do not enjoy Instagram. <laughs> it's one of those you know, necessary evils, social media. We all um, have I them. Actually, I know. <laughs> I closed down Instagram um, last year and then reopened it mm -hmm. this year because I hired a new social media ma manager. Oh. And so she does all of that for me. And she just says, hey, upload something. And so I upload the video or the, the picture and then she does everything else, which I am so thankful for because, you know, my generation, we didn't grow up really with social media no we didn't um, yeah it, it's just it's a different beast but i understand and i recognize that trend mm -hmm. um being very important for business owners well, so, it's, it's interesting you talk about trends because I know that you do a lot of work and observing women's, uh, women-owned businesses trends. So I'd love to talk about that in a moment. But earlier on, you talked about um, pets. Did you mention that you had a dog? Uh, we used to have a dog. Her name was Dottie. Uh, Unfortunately, she's no longer with us. Oh. But I know it's so sad. <laughs> Part of our heart is missing, you yeah. know. But, um, you know, there might be another furry family member in the near future very so. good to hear absolutely love to hear that now um, as a busy businesswoman what's a daily uh, routine look like for you do you get up early do you enjoy beating the sun up yeah well in Alaska we have sun a lot in the <laughs> summer yes yes um, but yeah so it my days start early you know the markets open pretty early here on the west coast and mm -hmm. um, so I get up and check the news, check the email, figure out if there are any strategic trades that need to be placed in my clients' accounts. Um, and then I wait for the kids to get up, right? Being a working mom, um, I kind of designed my day around them, which mm -hmm. is I'm very blessed to be able to do that. And so I get them off to school or activity or whatever it is and come back and, and really start my meetings at that point. Because before then, I'm no good to anyone and can't really communicate any of my thoughts <laughs> before my cup of coffee. <laughs> Glad I'm not the only one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then, you know, it's just a lot of meet and greet, a lot of talking, a lot of um, figuring out clients' financial plans and going over their P&Ls and doing all of these other meetings, whether it's in Zoom or now thankfully back in person mm -hmm. um and you know sometimes my day doesn't really end like most people but i take a lot of breaks in between because of the kids um but that's okay and so that's that's a typical day is yes. not typical Thank you very much for sharing. I'm really loving this call. Now, I think for context, it's important, Christine, if we learn a little bit about your professional background and your educational background, would you mind sharing with us? 
Right. So education wise, um, I went to school at University of California in, mm -hmm. at Irvine mm -hmm. for my undergrad way back in the day. My mom told me I was going to be a doctor and my <laughs> organic chemistry teacher said no. No, no, no. Not today. <laughs> I tried several times. Didn't happen. That's okay. Um, then I went on to the University of Florida and I got a master's in entrepreneurship and that's where I fell in love with business owners and um, business ownership. It was just something magical about that. Um, and uh, professional wise, you know, I've been in the financial services industry since 2000, really. I started at a little company called Balboa Capital in Orange County, California. Mm -hmm. um, got exposed to uh, that side of the business. And from there, I said, you know, I just want to learn everything there is to know about this whole money thing because I didn't grow up learning about it. I didn't know what it was. Uh, I thought it was a bad thing. I thought money was no. bad. And then I thought, well, maybe money's good. And I made every mistake under the sun <laughs> that, <laughs> that any young adult can make with money. You did it. I made it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep, yep. love it. <laughs> yeah. So then I, yeah, I, I jumped around a lot. My husband's in the military, so oh, yes. we moved around quite a bit. Um, and I was mm. always in financial services, which is wonderful. And then in 2020, as we know what happened then, um, in my world, I had what I call my Jerry Maguire freakout moment. Where I'm like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> and it was a culmination of a lot of things. But I'll say, I'll say this: I looked around, and here in Alaska, we have our big boxes, right? We've got Costco and Target and Petco and all those big things. But mm -hmm. most of the businesses here um, are mom and pop shops. And I realized that all of the big financial institutions out there were not helping these people. They were helping all of the big corporations. Oh. And so if you, let's move, let's go back to the PPP loans, for example, mm -hmm. the first round of PPP loans, a lot of them went to the big corporations. These big corporations, one, had all the capital reserves that they probably needed to withstand a few months of a lockdown. Two, they had a great team of advisors. They had accountants and attorneys and staff, and they had all of these Structure. resources. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what happened to these mom and pop businesses, the small businesses that were not able to withstand a lockdown for a month or two or three, they were the ones that went out of business. I mean, we've all we all know stories about oh, this, yeah. right? Just driving down the road and like, hey, there used to be a sign there. It's gone. Oh. Right. And I realized they're the ones that need the help the most. Um, if you look at statistics across the United States, the big companies don't employ most of America. It's the small and medium sized businesses that create the most jobs. So back up a little bit. Right. So mm -hmm. they create the most jobs. They're the ones going out of business. What's going on? This is not OK in my book. So I left my cushy corporate career in financial services and mm -hmm. I started wealth management. And here I am today talking with you, Rick. Yeah. Wow. It takes a bit of uh, a bit of gusto to make that decision to leave a, a, a corporate role where you've had that relative 
let's call it sense of security. Tell me about risk and, and, and how you dealt with this and how, how you felt going through that transition. Cause I know there's a lot of startup entrepreneurs who'd love to hear. Yeah, it is scary as all get up. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not going to sugarcoat it, right? No. There was a lot of, there was a lot of anticipation, a lot of um, excitement building up. I remember the day that I got approved as a registered investment advisor mm -hmm. and I cried happy tears. Oh, this is the great. Relief. I'm so excited. And then <laughs> I'm just like, why does it go? So I'm just so afraid. What have I done? <laughs> <laughs> Reality sets in reality sets in you know and the first month or actually the first year i'd say was really difficult um it was a lot of getting the word out to people um some people surprisingly were not very supportive of my decision mm -hmm. um, people that i had really good relationships with and i don't know if it was because of just the climate at that time or what but yep. Yep. Um, a lot of them told me that i was making a mistake uh, and then I had other people that said, oh, thank God you're not with them anymore. Now you can, Finally. <laughs> you can help me with my money. <laughs> I thought that's interesting too. I was surprised by the reactions that I heard, both good and bad. Um, but here I am yeah. still standing, right? Yeah, and, and absolutely. still growing. So yeah. you, had a, you had a spectrum of, of responses, which is to be expected. Now, tell us a little bit about, um, I guess, the, uh, the forging of relationships and the value of trust in your business, because I, I would have thought from that time forward, Christina, that that would have been at the forefront of your mind with every person you spoke with. Oh, 100%, 100%. It is hard to build relationships on Zoom. Yeah, of course, <laughs> yep. But I don't know how I did it. I just did it. Um, cause that was the only thing that I could do was meet on zoom. Um, I remember my first zoom meeting, I was just so nervous. I was shaking. I was like, oh my gosh, the light is not good. I, it was, I was a mess. I never used it before. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and I still, I admit there are still times when I'm looking for the button and I don't know exactly what I'm doing. Oh yeah. Did I? <laughs> Um, but yeah, building that trust, it just, it takes time. Mm -hmm. Um, it does take a lot of time and, and I would say that's true in person too, right? Yep. Yep. So whether it's in person or virtual or what have you, it's just investing into those relationships, really showing that you care about that person on the other end, either across the table from you or on the camera, mm -hmm. um, and asking questions and listening and, and not talking so much right um, a lot of times people me included you know we get on our soapbox and and i could talk for days right but, try and but, stop me right it's learning how to shut up <laughs> active listening as they call it yeah so tell me something i had a, an interesting thought christina with zoom did you find that your reach is was extended and does it does it impact the way you run your business in that regard? Yes, absolutely. Um, I have clients in New York and Kentucky and Texas and California. And I never would have thought that would have been possible. Um, 
but here I am <laughs> with a very large geographic reach and it is thanks to technology. And I do say that technology can be a wonderful addition to any business, small mm. or large. Uh, you just really have to, one, do your due diligence on it, um, but two, just use it um, to your advantage. If, if you have a subscription for some kind of software that isn't really helping you at all mm -hmm. and there's no ROI, then you should get rid of it. Get rid of but, it. Yeah, yeah, and that's true of any expense in a business, right? Tell me about the legal aspects and the nuances between states. Are there, are there many, uh, given that you're going essentially from east to west coast and everywhere in between? Right. So there are two types of, I guess you could say, like financial advisors. So mm -hmm. there's the type of financial advisor that is linked to investments um, or some kind of product like mm -hmm. insurance. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then there are others who maybe are just kind of like coaches, right? And the coaches don't really need to be registered with the state or anything like that. They have very far, uh, fewer rules, let's just say, to yeah. follow. Yeah. Um, the other ones that are going to give recommendations as far as, you know, what you can invest in and what you should have in your portfolios, those all have to be registered. Uh, with the state that they reside in. And then if they have five or more clients in another state, then they need to be uh, registered in those states as well. So that's up to a certain limit. Yeah. Once you surpass that limit, then they have to be registered with the SEC and that's a whole different ball game. Ball game. A yeah. lot more eyes being put on your business <laughs> too, right? Yeah, absolutely. Now, I, I spent a lot of time as I spoke with you uh, earlier about um, just doing my research, learning a bit more about the business. And one of the things that really stood out for me is that the way you manage to avoid conflicts of interest. Tell us, tell us a little bit about how important that is and how that works. So important so important. I firmly believe that if I recommend something for a client, um, that it is 100% in their best interest. So I gave up, for example, my insurance license, I used to be able to sell annuities or whole life or term or anything else, right. Mm -hmm. um, and I always thought it was kind of funny that financial advisors could do a financial plan for their client and then say, oh, by the way, you this. need insurance. Mm. And by the way, I can sell it to you. <laughs> funny that. <laughs> right. And get paid a lot of money. Um, and so I, I find these clients that I call them band-aids. They have insurance band-aids all over the place and they don't make sense. Um, but when I look kind of underneath the hood, all of a sudden I find like, oh, hey, they, they knew this person over there or that person over there and they just got sold all these different types of policies and it doesn't make sense no. um, unless you look at it from their the perspective. Yeah. <laughs> and they get a lot of trail for that, don't they? Right. And that's right. the thing about it. Right. So if I say, hey, I think you need to go see Rick, it's because I, I know Rick, I like him, I trust him. And I believe in him, not because Rick's going to give me a referral fee or pay me back some other way. Mm -hmm. Like, I really believe in that product or service. Yeah, fantastic. And I love that credibility factor because I think that makes the difference in a, in a world that mm -hmm. sometimes struggles to find trust and truth. Um, tell me a little bit about the name Audax. Where did that come from? Ah, 
Yes, AudX um, is a cycling event that has to be completed within a certain amount of time. Oh. And our family is big on bicycles. So if you go to our garage, it looks like a bicycle shop. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, all types of bicycles. Um, and so I thought, you know, that's a really great, I guess, analogy for life, right? And especially if you're a business owner, you've got this business that you're running and it has to be completed <laughs> within a certain <laughs> amount of time. It makes sense. Right? We don't have all, all the years to complete our race, so to speak. Right. It's and happening so now. It's not a dress rehearsal. Oh, that's, that's, it's, it's, life is not a dress rehearsal. We've only got what we've got. The curtain, the yeah, curtains are open. <laughs> I like that. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Now tell us a little bit about uh, your work uh, as an advisor on boards. Are you still doing that? Yes. Oh, I'm a big believer that if we are blessed, we need to give back and the way that I've been able to do that here in Alaska and on other boards across the U.S. is, you know, really bringing my expertise to these nonprofits that have needs and they need expertise, they need guidance in order to grow or solve a problem or what have you. So um, I do, I work on a, a few boards right mm -hmm. now. Yep. I'm trying to say no more. <laughs> Uh, just because my plate is so full and I really want to dedicate that time and energy that I think um, every nonprofit deserves. Absolutely. So, yeah, Look, that's where my heart is. There's one thing I love about you is your vibrancy. I've seen your, your speaker notes, of which I'd love to talk about in a moment. This huge smile, not just a half a smile, we're talking a huge smile. Now, I'm pretty sure that that flows through into the way that you in, uh, work with your clients. But um, sometimes when you meet new people, they, they probably don't have a, as much, I guess, education about some of the terms that you use. And I have to admit, I get a little bit caught up with it as well. And wonder if we could just spend a few moments learning about the terminology. For example, fiduciary. Have I said it right? Fiduciary. Fiduciary. Yeah. There um, you go. I tried. <laughs> right. Oh, you know, so that's a good example because I just did a talk and someone said in my title, I had the word metric. Right. And to me, I thought, well, I really try to take the jargon out, but I guess metric could be a jargon type of word also, mm. right? But, you know, I'm big on education. Mm -hmm. I try and teach as much as possible. I really just want to, I want to download my brain and give it to my clients, right? And say, this is what you need. You're not passionate about this, but this is what you need to know in order to run your business. A fiduciary is someone who really takes of a client's money right, right? um and it, it doesn't have to be money right we could all be stewards so to speak of other resources that we have in our lives right um but in the financial world world a fiduciary is someone who really has the client's best interest at the front of everything that they do Fantastic. Thank you for uh, making that very clear. Now, in terms of yeah. fractional CFO, is that where you step into an organization part-time? How does that work? Yeah. So I started to realize that my business owner clients have a passion. They started their business for a reason. Either, you know, they had a great idea that wanted to change the world. They wanted to be in charge of their own schedule or what have you, right? Mm -hmm. But they weren't, they weren't managing their resources 
financially uh, very well, and they didn't know what to do about it. Um, a lot of times they relied on bookkeepers or uh, CPAs, which is not a bad thing, mm -hmm. but I've had some clients that have been the victims of fraud and embezzlement, and that's not, not ever a good thing. No. Um, so what happened was I started teaching them. And as an investment advisor, I use a lot of tools and a lot of metrics, right? A lot of <laughs> financial ratios and all these other things to determine, you know, what, what stock should you buy, Rick? What stock should we put in your portfolio? And I use all these things, right? Yep, yep. Well, my goal is to have my business owner clients sell their business at the end of the day. One day they retire and I don't want them to have a garage sale. I want them to actually go and sell their business. If I'm a buyer of said business, then I'm going to be using all the same types of financial metrics and ratios and information that an analyst would be using. Mm, yep. Okay. It's the same thing, just a different lens. Okay. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So that information is also the same information that the business owner should be paying attention to on a weekly, monthly, and quarterly basis. But people don't know this. If they're a small business owner, they don't have that advisory board. They don't have that panel of people they can go to and say, hey, teach me about my P&L. Yes. Or teach me about my profit margin, right? And, so, it go and it goes I mean, beyond that, doesn't it? Because you, you've talked about being there and educating. But one of the words that comes into mind is accountability. Are you there for that as well to keep them on track and say, hey, listen, you know, I'm going to poke the bear a bit here. We need to stay on track. Yes, yes. I so I kind of joke at sometimes and say, you know, I'm like uh, I'm like that fitness coach that <laughs> calls you at five a.m. and says I'm gonna meet you at the gym, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You make new burpees, and you're gonna hate me, but you're gonna love me. <laughs> it's kind of the same thing with the with the financial information. So I'm gonna make them go and do homework. I actually mm -hmm. call it homework, mm -hmm. right? And I say you're not gonna like me for this. Um, for example, one. One exercise we do uh, quite often is an expense analysis. So you're not going to like me for this exercise. You're going to curse my name a lot, but I'm going to increase your profit margin overnight. This is how we're going to do it, right? So <laughs> it's going to be good for you, I promise. Just trust the process. Now, I know there's obviously a website behind the business that you run, and I've obviously perused it at some length. Now, I'd love to, if we could just, if we can at all, try to condense it down and Talk about, I guess, are there three to four main uh, different services that you provide? Could you explain it? Yeah, sure. So I would say about, let's say, three different categories. Mm -hmm. The first one is my financial foundations course. And again, this is a lot of the education. We do a lot of cleanup. We get the right people on board. We make sure there's a good accountant and a good CPA and there's good people that are in the client's business, mm -hmm. okay? Um, we put the processes in place so that if I were to leave, hopefully one day I don't have to be there, right? Yep. Um, but if I were to step back, that it's running smoothly, okay? That's number one. Mm -hmm. And number two is a full-scale financial plan. And that is, you know, getting the client from where they are right now to where they want to be in the future and figuring out what that bridge is. 
So for a lot of business owners, they are very complicated people. <laughs> there are a lot of moving parts. Oh yeah. Um, and if you say, hey, I want to retire next year, I mean, you can do that, but are you going to be comfortable retiring next year? How is your business going to fit into all of this? So that's number two. Mm -hmm. And then number three, I'd say is more of a daily integration where I'm either helping with the investment part or I'm helping with the part-time CFO where basically I just whisper in their ears. You know, they say, hey, Christina, tell me about, tell me about this. I've got a meeting with the banker later this week. What do I need to know, right? And I just tell them what they need to know. We look at all the KPIs. We look at all the spreadsheets. We just have this accountability, like you were saying, Rick, where I keep them on track mm -hmm. for their goals. See, people are living a, on a continuum and you have to meet them where they, are, where they are with their financial situation right now. So how do you do that? How, is it a conversation? Do you have a plan? Do you, do you document everything? What's the onboarding process look like? Oh, good question. So the onboarding process, it is very much of, you know, we figure out where they are. I will say that most of my clients, when they come to me, have a mess. <laughs> have, Otherwise, they, they wouldn't need you. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it's a, an actual shoebox. Oh, literally. Which, <laughs> literally. I haven't opened this mail in a year. Oh, I think no. my taxes are in there somewhere. <laughs> oh, goodness me. Uh, sometimes it is a virtual shoebox, right? Everything is here, there. We kind of just get it all cleaned up. Um, so clients are the same in that they say, I'm tired of doing this by myself. I need help. We do an assessment. We figure out where their numbers are right now. And then we set goals and then we figure out how to get there. So for example, if you came to me and said, hey, my profit margin is at 1%, I'm told that I need maybe 15%. I don't know. Right? <laughs> so let's make a goal for, oh, I don't know, let's try 5% first. <laughs> before we Bite go to size the pieces. <laughs> and what does that mean? And we, we back it up a lot and say, all right, so does that mean you need to increase your prices or does that mean you need more, um, more clients or does that mean you need to reduce some of your staff or some of your expenses? What does that mean, right? It kind of filters into everything that we do. So after the assessment, we figure out what it is the client is really needing. What's their biggest pain point right now? How can we fix that before we go and fix everything else? So if you were to write a book today, what do you think the, the pressing issues are that you would write about in that book? Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> thank you for that Pan question. Pandora's box. <laughs> so I, I am writing a book. Fantastic. <laughs> it is coming out um, next year. And I don't know what the title of it is going to be yet, but it's going to be something about how to scale your business as mm -hmm. a business owner mm -hmm. and then how to sell it and how to do that smart in a smart way um, where you can accomplish everything that you want. Because I do believe you can have your cake and eat it too. And then I'm going to sprinkle in there a lot of these challenges that women, especially mm -hmm. uh, women business owners face in today's day and age, you know, like being the sandwich generation, um, having to take time off from our careers, how we are 
we are starting businesses at a faster rate than a lot of men. Um, but we won't get to over a million in revenue statistically. Mm-hmm. So what does that all mean financially when we're at the end of our lives and have to take care of ourselves because we've either been divorced or widowed or never married? So what so does that mean? I look at this and I think to myself, I, I wish that I could unravel two decades of my own life and start to plan back then. How, how early do you think we should be starting? Should we, should we be teaching oh. what you know in high school maybe? Oh, gosh, yes. I mean, I I still, I teach my kids and they're Mm. in elementary school. You know, uh, we start with a lemonade stand, right? Um, And balancing a checkbook. I know it's a virtual checkbook now. (laughs) But (laughs) balancing the checkbook. And if we knew how to balance a checkbook at a young age, what does that mean if we run for office one day? Yes. Are we going to be able to know how to balance a, a budget for a city or for a state or a country? Mm-hmm. I don't know, right? Yep, yep, um, yep. But yeah, I think that the literacy, financial literacy starts at an early, early age and kids learn from what they see. They absorb so it, don't they? Oh, like sponges. Now, so, tell, um, me, tell me a little bit about, sorry, I interrupted you there. Now, tell me a little bit about your keynote um, uh, speaking events. Are you doing any more of those at the moment? Yes. Oh, my gosh. I, I've capped it to three a month, Rick. Um, it's just, it's a lot. But, yes. yes, I love to go out and just, I preach, right? Someone a long time ago told me that, hey, my business really took off once I became a preacher, Right. And I put that in air quotes. Um, <laughs> but what that means is once you have that message and you go out and you tell the world what it is that you do, why you do it, your business takes off because people are attracted to that. Right. People want that. People want to be part of whatever it is that you are so passionate about. Um, and so, yeah, I. I started keynote speaking because uh, I wanted to grow my business. Mm-hmm. And now I I do it because I'm passionate about helping as many people as possible. Yeah, that's amazing feedback. I've absolutely loved the journey that I've been able to spend with you today on the show. I really appreciate it. Now, um, at the pointy end of the call already, time flies when you're having fun. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if people want to um, connect with you directly uh, on, on any sort of social platform or maybe via your website, where are they going to go? Right. So audaxwealth.com, A-U-D-A-X wealth.com. Um, that's also my social media handle on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. There you go. Wrapped up nicely with a bow there. Thank you so very much, Christina. Very much love this call. And if you're on the call today and you want to get access, just look below this post or wherever you find this interview, you're most certainly going to find the link back to audaxwealth.com. And with all that being said, Christina, thank you so very much for joining me on the show today. Thank you, Rick, for having me. I appreciate you so much. Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the call, then make sure to subscribe, leave a comment, share us with your friends, and book your spot on the show at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. And if you're looking for solutions that will help grow your business, then visit myfuturebusiness.com forward slash shop.